0: Is it is it too loud? morning, Alexis, how are you?
1: I'm good, am I, can you
0: hear me? I can hear you.
1: Okay, still learning how to do that stuff.
0: Super, well, it's great to have you here and feel free to jump in with some of your coaching uh questions or just to share insights too as we go through the conversation uh kelly you should be on here in a minute and i'm just inviting a few others up so anyway i'm glad you're here this is wonderful
1: it just popped up on my phone and i'm like you know i've got some time let's
0: do this super that's yeah, yeah it's really great was a super great conversation last week as well we got a lot of really good feedback on the content and okay. that's great yeah oops
2: morning Kelly good morning everyone good morning Chuck good morning Alexis you see Tamsin and Melissa good
0: morning good morning everybody
2: good morning everyone is everyone moving out of their there's summertime now. I think we're we're at the official close of, of summer, like next weekend, right? With Labor Day. <laughs> we have to move on to like fall, regular schedules.
1: I'm uh, here I'm for not- it. I like the leggings and I like the everything pumpkin flavored stuff. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm ready for it not to be so hot.
2: Yeah, it's funny. It's always like you kind of like like most things, you always forget when that transition starts to happen because it has been so hot. When you're in the summer, it's just like it's still super, it's still really hot. But you kind of start to get those moments where you're like at the hint, the hint of a change of weather where you're like, oh, yeah, it's going to maybe not be 100 degrees uh, forever. That that will be nice. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to get
0: a few more people, give them a little reminder here. Okay. Here's Gary. Hi, Gary. Hello. Good to have you here. We had a great discussion last week and we're going to build on this a little bit more today. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and open the room just because I want to make sure that we can maximize our hour that we have together. So uh, this is the Official Learning to Lead Clubhouse, and we meet every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 Pacific Standard Time, and I'm Tamara White, and I'm here with Kelly White, who are your co-hosts, and we also have our wonderful moderator, Chuck Mounts, Jr., Um, And so this is a clubhouse that we created as a forum to really talk about all things leadership. We have a pretty diverse group of leaders that join us pretty regularly, and that's from entry level all the way up into executive roles. And we always have really great conversations about successes, practical tips. We have opportunities to really network and, and, you know, just really talk about the challenges and the, the good and the bad and the ugly about leadership. You know, we all need a forum where we can really just. Just get out there and just talk about this stuff and learn from each other and support each other on our leadership journeys. So just a few things I wanted to point out is if you're not already following the clubhouse, we encourage you to just click on the little green house at the top up there and follow us. Also, we have a substack website where we post all of the content that we uh, discuss in these forums, as well as we record those and have other lists of um, other additional resources you may want to tap into. So we encourage you to join our Substack as well, and we also put recordings and uh, summaries of the content out on LinkedIn as well. We also encourage you to follow others in the Clubhouse, as this is a great way way to expand your network. And um, gosh, Kelly, I don't have my script in front of me, so I'm I'm assuming that hopefully I haven't missed anything. But anyway, glad to have you here. I'll have Kelly add anything else that I might have missed. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for taking time out of your Saturday. I'll turn the mic over.
2: No, that was great, Tamara. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, again, we we always talk about, you know, how important it is to have these kind of conversations because I think, you know, learning to be a leader, um, no matter what level you are at, no matter where you are in your career, you know, it takes intentionality, it takes time, it takes investment. You know, Tamara always reminds us, you know, whenever we come together that you're spending one hour of your Saturday, you know, having these conversations, meeting new people, learning, you know, getting, again, more self-awareness. So we appreciate you being here. We always enjoy the time. And as we jump into the topic today, you know, again, a a really great conversation. We've been talking a lot about the idea of, you know, multipliers and diminishers, really based on the book Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. And it's been a a really kind of intriguing and, and reflective, sorry, there's a party going on outside next to me. So if there's clapping and excitement, just know that they're, they're having a good time. Um, so if we think about the idea of, um, you know, self-reflection, we always talk a lot also about the idea of needing to make time for self-reflection. And so when you make a habit of doing this, we have to kind of like start to train ourselves to make that happen. Right. So Sorry, we're doing a little shuffle here. (laughs) Tamara and I are together, so we have to get into separate rooms so we don't echo. Um, So self-reflection is a practice. It's something that you have to to learn to do over time. So we like to start out, before we get more into our multipliers conversation and diminishers, to really just start with that practice of self-reflection, which I love to do with word of the week, which is just one word that really summarizes how your week went. And I wrote recently, even on LinkedIn, a separate post about um, you know, understanding, you know, perspective and, and how it will change no matter what's going on in your life. And you're sometimes in a valley and you're sometimes in a peak, but it's really understanding where you are in those moments, being aware of where you are in those moments and knowing that they will change, they will end, they will pass. So with that very uh, disjointed and long winded intro, I do want to round table with everyone and hear how your week went. What's just one word that would summarize how your week went. Um, and I'm going to actually start with Chuck.
3: All right. I didn't get the mute button to work there. Um, so uh, frustrated and I can easily um, describe that one. Um, trying to find a car. We need a car and it's a really bad time to buy a car. <laughs> so we have to sort that out.
2: Oh, man. Yes, I have, I have heard that. So now I'm getting to hear it real time.
3: yeah the the it's an it's uh i think both new and used car markets are, are are both in favor of the sellers right now so it's uh and then um tight supply chain and supply chain tight supplies inventories supply chain issues yeah it's a very interesting and frustrating experience
2: well good luck i know that's not an easy <laughs> one and there's no easy saw. Sol- i feel like chuck you're bringing us also the challenges of life too which was like you were moving and that's a challenge when it happens and then it's exciting yeah. when it's you know a move is complete now you're in the next yeah. phase cars you know life happens yeah. it's not just work we have all these other things yeah. you have to deal with too Tamson, good morning
0: good morning everyone i'm gonna go with uh excited i found out over last weekend that I will be a speaker at Out and Equal Conference in Las Vegas in October with some of our DNI folks, and I am super excited for that.
2: Congratulations, that is so fantastic. We are thrilled to hear that and I can't wait to be on the other side, hear how the experience was. And Tamson, if you can, I usually follow you and see your posts, but share, share anything that we can do to follow or support as you're doing that speaking event as well. And we would love to hear how it goes and potentially follow along on the journey as well. Oh,
0: absolutely. I will be posting about it for sure.
2: Fantastic. Melissa, good morning.
4: Hi, good morning, Kelly. Uh, I'm going to go with happiness. Uh, it was a week with a lot of learning and new opportunities have opened for me. So, and, and altogether, uh, life was really good this week. So happiness for me.
2: Oh, that's so lovely to hear. I'm so happy to hear that. And congratulations on a, on a wonderful week where you can wrap it up with a word that's so wonderful as as happiness. Gary, good morning.
1: I think for me, it was just constant. I was out last week and coming back this week, catching up on everything. It was uh, just nonstop. So constant.
2: Oh yeah. I can relate to that. That's very much how my week was as well. Artie, good to have you here. Good morning. You're on mute. All right, Artie, we'll come back to you. You might be multitasking, which is all good. We get it. Um, Good morning. Hi, good morning.
1: I think you said Alexis, i cut out for a minute. Um, I'm going to go with a hyphenated word, which is hurry up and wait. That has been my week. A lot of I'm moving, I'm getting ready to move. I'm waiting on some news about my dog. I'm waiting on some job stuff. So it's just, it's like do a lot of stuff, but also you can't do a lot of stuff, um, which is both good and bad. So it's fine.
2: Oh, yeah, that happens, right? And sometimes there's always lessons in every one of those moments when sometimes it's uh, a hurry up and wait. There's something to be learned in that moment. But, yes, we can all reflect, and, again, on multiple levels of, of all the different different things that you just listed there as well. Tamara. Uh,
0: My word this week is uh, I was kind of vacillating between reflective and, and celebration, you know, um, or, or even expansion, because, you know, Kelly and I have been uh, talking quite a bit about um, – expanding what we're doing and, and kind of like looking at some additional things that we may want to do with the, with what we're doing in leadership. And, you know, I think just reflecting, it's been almost two years now that we've been doing this and it's just very exciting. And, and, and the biggest thing for us was that we really, we really just want to help other leaders. We want to help people grow. We want people to, you know, to, to help support leaders on their uh, leadership journey and just doing a lot of reflection around that. And it's just really great. And, and thank you so much to everyone for, number one, your participation, um, for your engagement, for your uh your kind words and your feedback, it really means a lot to us because this is really what we're passionate about and it's what we feel our purpose is. And so that's kind of where I've been this week. And, um, and by the way, it's great to see you today, Artie.
2: Well said, Tamara, I echo a lot of what you just shared and, you know, yeah, we've been talking a lot about this and again, there's so much learning that we can, you know, I know that I've had from being a part of this group and, and definitely seeing that show up in, in all areas of my life. So, you know, it's uh, been very rewarding, and yes, your your this group's involvement, but also your feedback, all is incredibly valuable and always incredibly appreciated. So, thank you always for reaching out and sharing any of your thoughts and and comments with us as we continue to to grow and expand how we how we try to teach more about leadership and being again intentional with our leadership. So, I'll wrap up with my word of the week, which is um, probably focus. I I had a cold last weekend, and it. It impacted some of my work week, and so there was a lot of me having to let go of the things that I just couldn't, couldn't do and couldn't take on because I wasn't feeling 100%, but I just didn't also have the capacity or time to take care of it, and it was always a lesson of focus on the things I need to focus on and let my team focus on the things that they need to focus on, um, and so it was, again, another another lesson in that because it's more and more the, 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 the leadership lesson we talk about is really empowering our teams and very much A theme for the topic that we've been digging in on here about what does it mean to be a multiplier and I think you know as we start to move into the content last week we talked a lot about the accidental diminisher uh, attributes and traits and what happens there and What happens when you have the best of intentions and what might be perceived as a very positive leadership trait being optimistic and wanting to save your team from failure and wanting to help and all the different things you talked about you know that that all sounds wonderful but if you over index or you do that in a way where you're not practicing self-awareness it can actually have a diminishing effect on your team it holds them back and can stifle their growth so i i felt a lot of that in practice but then you know as we talk about this week and we have a lot of really interesting content here you know, as we're kind of wrapping up the end of this series around multipliers is what happens when you work for a diminisher? There's a lot of reason that diminishers, we've talked a lot about diminishers, where they come from, why it happens, how you can be one, how others show up as as a diminisher. It's not always something that, you know, people have ill intention, right? People sometimes don't necessarily want to become a diminisher or be a diminisher. It's something that happens maybe because that's the way they learned to be a leader from someone else, right? So as we talk about self-awareness and Maybe uh, you know unlearning some of the things that we've learned, right? This is a part of again understanding what's happening around us and why. So we thought it would be really meaningful to really dig into this idea of what happens when you're working for a diminisher, because it's bound to happen. It may have already happened to you, and you just didn't know the name of it, um, or it might be happening to you right now. So what can you do, right? And it's going to be something that again, if it hasn't happened, it may happen in your future. So you know the idea is that. You know, you you might say, okay, how how would I deal with it, right? And if I if I asked all of you right now to probably, what how would you deal with a diminisher? You might have an answer something like you confront them, maybe you avoid them, maybe you quit your job, maybe you comply and just try to stay off the radar, maybe you can try to convince them that you're right or there's a different way to do things, or maybe you go and talk to your human resources team and try to resolve it that way. There's a lot of other things that we have to think about when we think about diminishers, and understanding first that diminishers trigger our emotional brain. And this is a really, really important, you know, topic. When you think about first approaching this, we think about again, self-awareness, understanding what is happening and why we are reacting the way that we are. And when the emotional brain is triggered, it really is about reacting faster and ultimately starts to hijack the rational brain. So it leads us to much more irrational actions that can really be destructive right it starts to take us out of a place of really understanding and being rational about what our next step should be and understanding in a more pragmatic way how we should solve a problem or how she would deal with it so with dealing with diminishers it's really challenging but it means that we have to really step back and start to you know utilize our best thinking on how we approach this and it means that we have to move you know into that space of reason which again, with the emotional brain can be very threatened and it can move us into a place of judgment. And we might go to you know, our comfort zones of our coping strategies of how we deal with conflict or discomfort or all these different things. So it's, again, it's, this is going to be about challenging some of those, those trigger moments and shifting us into a place where we're being much more rational about our actions. So how do you do this? Right? This is a big meaty topic. It's not easy. It's very much more art than science. But That what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about some of the tactics for how you might deal with a diminisher because the best strategy ultimately is to multiply up so when we talk about sometimes the power of multipliers and if we can lean into the power of a multiplier uh, response to something it can actually have a really positive impact not only on how we are perceiving or reacting to situations but how we are behaving around our team and what we are demonstrating to the team that we have influence over be it again our direct teams or A sphere of influence my our peers or other teams we're working with. And some examples of tactics we'll talk about will be, you know, you might think about like dealing with, again, a, a diminisher with much more discretion or savvy, maybe being thoughtful or persistent, you know, how you can become immune to the effects of that diminisher leader and continue to use your highest capacity, your greatest intelligence, despite what might be happening around you, how you can be, again, the multiplier, even in that moment of feeling like you're under a diminisher how you might leverage the right mindset and use these tactics to help m- minimize the diminishing effect on both yourself or your team. So as I go through this, I'm going to actually start with, and, and Tamara's prepped, you know, these two scenarios to kind of frame our thinking. And then we're going to go through three specific levels of strategy that you can apply. And I'll make sure to break for comments and reactions. I do want to hear how people are feeling or thinking or receiving this information, knowing that again, you may have already be, you might be working for a diminisher today or with diminishers today, you may have in the past, and how you're responding and thinking about some of the reactions that come up here. So I'm gonna go through two scenarios for us to contemplate as we move into these strategies. So if we think about this idea of the first scenario, it's called the spiral of despair. Sounds awesome, right? Um, So you work for a micromanager, this person is controlling, they're obsessive, they you know really obsess over the smallest minor details of everything. On the surface, you respectfully acquiesce to the directives and you just you know take the direction, take the guidance, take the take the commands. But you feel disrespected, you feel unseen, you feel undervalued. Your most basic sense of self-determination has been denied. So when we sense that we've been wrong or judged, our natural instinct is to be judgmental in return. And as a result, we may become critical. We stop listening. We become dismissive of the input of that micromanager. We exclude them We like to keep them at arm's length or further because we don't like the way that we feel when we're working with them and the way that they make us feel and how they manage or lead. We cease trying and we start to tune out and ultimately we start to give up and we quit. So the death spiral continues, right? You can see how it starts at the top and the diminishers may feel that their power is being threatened and they respond with greater, greater force, doubling down on their POV. But then you can start to see how it's a a really terrible cycle, both leaders now trying to continue to exert power, right, continue to exert direction, and then the team rejecting that because they're feeling undervalued and unseen, right? So as we think about this example. It's really important to understand how this cycle is really feeding each other, right? It kind of keeps going back and forth. And in this example, you know, if denied the details, the micromanager becomes nervous and suspicious and interferes, and it might force them into discussions and decisions. So this is really detrimental on all sides. So when we think about a death spiral, right, that really awesome name, this is about, you know, this kind of diminishing behavior, right? Your micromanager is controlling or dictating you then react with judgment your reactions then might be to criticize stop listening or exclude they now counteract with force or suspicion or interference and the outcome is now a standoff between what has become two diminishers right so you've become a diminisher as a response to a diminisher so this is really common probably not something that i think as you hear it as i think about it i've seen this many many times over and if i'm being quite honest there's probably times where i have shown up in this way right as it, as somebody working for a micromanager, having had that experience, how I have shown up or resisted and maybe made myself much more of a diminisher than I would have wanted to admit that I was. But it's impossible to really step out of this unless you start to really look at how you're showing up in that moment, right? So now let's look at the opposite. So with death spiral, everybody comes a diminisher in this moment. But what does breaking the cycle look like? So here's scenario two. You work for a micromanager but instead of falling into this you know uh, unseen undervalued shutting down tuning out you respond with intellectual curiosity this is a hallmark of a multiplier there's a persistent desire to know to understand you start to ask more questions what are why are they worried what are they looking for what do they want to what are they trying to feel confident or control about what is driving their reactions what is driving their response right understanding what it's like you know, what causes another person to act like a diminisher and trying to understand the root of what might be happening around them, things that you may not be aware of. And as you ask this question, it builds empathy for their concerns and it starts to really help you understand reality. So you now must listen in order to understand where the source of tension is coming from. You might even notice yourself and you might start to appreciate different strengths they might be bringing. You might be less angry or less less defensive or judgmental. And you might start to have a more cooperative spirit by adjusting your response, adjusting your perspective of that diminisher, you might start to be more open and be more understanding and more apt to extend more respect in a place where it would have been very easy to go into judgment. So the, the growth cycle, different than the death spiral, one, you know, you understand the diminishing and you see the diminishing behavior from your leader, control, dictate, micromanage. But your reaction is one of curiosity and your reaction your actions are to consider their perspective listen learn and invite understanding for their counteractions may be to give more trust and respect or space and the outcome may be much more cooperation and a lesser diminisher and much more a multiplier so This all sounds great, right? But it's challenging. These are not easy things to do, but it's all about starting with our response, changing our response to a situation so that we do not become the diminisher. It will, when we start to really lean into the multiplier effects, it turns down the volume on the diminisher, right? It turns down the volume on the micromanaging, the commanding, the rescuing, the pace setting, right? So it's really important that we start to understand where we are in a moment, understand what's going on and be intentional about how we choose to show up in those moments. And I think it's really important that we understand when we start to break the cycle, it's first about understanding that most of the time, it's not necessarily about you. The things that might be happening, the way your leader might be showing up may not be about you, but may be about many other factors. And diminishing isn't inevitable, right? Understanding that you can maintain high expectations for yourself and your analysis and valuation of your contribution, but it can help you to stand up to in, and respond to situations in different ways, multiplier ways, healthy ways. And you can lead your leader. How you show up and how you respond to situations, you have a lot more control than often. We say this a lot you have more control than you often give yourself credit. You show up. How you interact with them and how your situations is really powerful so number one i'm going to pause. i said a lot of information there and i thought it was really interesting to think about these scenarios and these i realize are incredibly challenging and sometimes complex situations to deal with you know leading your leader is not an easy thing to do at times especially if they are a diminishing leader but i want to pause and hear if there's immediate reactions things that have stood out to you and then i'm going to jump into the three levels of strategies that we can dig into
0: You know, and I just want to, you know, really encourage people to speak up about this because I think this is a pretty common thing that we as leaders experience on a pretty regular basis, whether it's our boss we work for or whether it's peers that we work with, other leaders, or even someone within our team. And uh, and I know, I know I can name multiple times that this has happened for me as well, but I'm curious to know, you know, what is your, what are some of the things that come up for you when you reflect back on you know, working for a diminisher. I mean, I remember one boss I worked for and it was just like, I would just shut down. It was just that emotional brain that would kick in and it was just either shut down or get defensive, you know, maybe, you know, be angry inside, but not say anything. Um, and, and it's, and, and again, just walking away, feeling very, um, undervalued and, and feeling unseen and, and feeling unappreciated for what I had to contribute and, and I'm just curious, I really want to hear from the leaders, like, where, ha- when have you experienced this? And I'm also curious to know if you made any changes or how you broke that, or, you know, how did you break the cycle to, for success for you as a leader?
1: I'll speak uh, a I little bit. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead, go ahead. So I just what I really liked um was the, the second scenario and, and how you asked those questions. And what it made me think of is a experience with a diminisher where I wasn't quite at the place where I could get to those questions. And so it goes back to how do you build that foundational trust with someone where trust probably isn't there. And so it made me think about the use of language and how important it is to to use like questions like what is our goal and we and things like that before you could potentially Get to conversations, which really the core of them are: what is the fear here? My experience—I don't know if this is true for others—but with diminishers is almost they—they they drip with fear, like they are so fearful of losing their jobs or their power or whatever their the, the perspective that people have on them, and it influences others around them. So it's just how do you build that trust to get to uh, opening up those conversations? So yeah.
4: Uh, and to your question, Tamara, I mean, I, I had experience like that around uh, three or four years ago. Uh, I had a, a director that I reported to that, uh, uh, you know, he wanted to micromanage everything to the point that uh, I'm normally very open and I like to bring ideas uh, for my teams to do and uh, for the team to to, team to accomplish. Uh, and this person got to the point that every time I go to him, he he just wanted to do everything his way to the point that he told me, hey, Melissa, if you want to keep working with me, you better go home today and think how you're going to be working with me tomorrow. Otherwise, we're going to have a problem. So, so at that point for me, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to shut down. I'm going to quit this company or I will have to figure out what to do. And, and I have to go to HR uh, to talk about the issue. Uh, and to my surprise, when I talked to HR, they told me that several other people have come to them because of this director doing this to everyone. So I wasn't the only one. So, so at that point, I guess that helped me and gave me some air to be able to keep moving forward. Uh, with HR helps, I was able to move to a different director, but to the point that when you have somebody with a power authority over you like that, there is not a lot of things that we can do if that person doesn't want us to, unless we change teams and figure out ways to move forward.
0: Those are some great uh, that was a great example. I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that and and, it's, and as we go into more of the content here, we're really going to talk about those scenarios and what might be the options beyond just you know having your best thinking and coming you know with a, uh, a mind of curiosity and trying to understand and trying to shift things. because you know again, like I think what you said is, is that remember last week we talked about diminishers. Really validate themselves because I think Alexis, you hit it on—you know, the, this sort of fear-based thing. But they, they validate themselves by micromanaging and by, like, you know, like letting everyone know what they have to contribute and oftentimes taking credit for even what other people are doing because they are, I think, in a state of fear or they are completely unaware. Or you know, uh, there's there's voices and then in their head the saboteur, right, telling them that they're you know that they have to prove themselves they may not be worthy etc so um i appreciate you guys sharing those insights does anyone else have anything they'd like to share
3: yeah i I just wanted to um add something to what alex was saying and i was i was kind of thinking about this a little bit earlier in the conversation but she mentioned fear and that's really what um you know resonated with me and you know thinking back to some of the concepts that brene brown has put out there right and trying to understand where the the diminisher is coming from um. Yeah, there's some fears probably in um, uh, creating that pattern of behavior, um, and then as a result, it you know how does that impact you know the people around you and you know what's what I I found really power, found really powerful about the conversation so far is is the awareness of this cycle of working for a diminisher and how it could turn you into a diminisher. I know I felt that too. I think Kelly and and Tamara have mentioned this um, as well. Um, and then, you know, I know, you know for me having had work for a diminisher in the past, one of the things that's, that's, um, um, difficult is, is unpacking of that and moving forward and building those healthier relationships.
0: You know, really good points, Chuck. And I would just kind of tap into that as well as that sometimes these diminishers, if I, by having a different approach and talking with them, um, and, and again, trying to understand maybe they're getting pressure from above and from below. Um, or, or again, they they are lacking confidence or something like that. Is I think by having that different mindset, like you said, it it also is about helping them to know that you're you're there, or you know, their team is there, and that you know we have talents that we that we can leverage for that uh, diminisher to be able to see more success coming from trusting your team and from tapping into the to the talents and the capabilities that we have, and that's part of some of the content we're going to talk about is how we really advocate for ourselves and how we really highlight that that we're here to help and that we have a lot to contribute and, and that if they just let go, we can help the whole entire team shine.
2: Yeah, all fantastic, fantastic comments. And I, you know, as Tamara and I were talking even about, you know, ahead of this, you know, prepping for this call, this discussion today, you know, one of the things that, that Tamara said that I thought was really important, I think has come up here is this idea that you know, diminishers are often created not only in this idea, this cycle that we just saw happen, but they were maybe trained to be a diminisher by other diminishers, right? So this idea that like, you know, probably most people don't wake up one day where they wanted to be a diminisher, right? They, they become a diminisher because they were trained by someone else. This is the way that you lead. It's a big part of why we have this forum, why we talk in this forum is to be more intentional about what is leadership. What does leadership mean and how do we think about that? Um, uh, so is ha- how do we um, how do we really make sure that we're being intentional about what leadership actually means and how we can continue to be really, really strong leaders for ourselves and not and break the cycle, maybe for others around us. So I'm going to start to jump into the the first strategy. So we're going to be going through um, This the strategy of defenses against diminishing leaders, right? So this is actually really interesting and I think very much related to what um Melissa you were hitting on, right? This like, you know, what do you deal what do you do here? Because sometimes it's not gonna be that you can just continue to use the tactics of trying to influence that diminisher, right? You may have to do some different things, right? And it may ultimately mean that you have to take action. You have to go talk to HR, you have to change your job. Right, there's a lot of different ways we have to think about this. So As we go through, we're going to hit three levels of strategy. So starting with defenses against diminishing leaders, there's a couple of things that we can do. And I'm going to take you through about seven different tactics that you can do to deal with, uh, uh, to to have kind of this uh, idea of a defense against a diminishing leader. So this is really about little adjustments that you can make really kind of part of the, the day-to-day interactions to help remain whole and work at your best, right? So it's again about self-awareness, how you are showing up and protecting, you know, how you can show up both again for your team, for who you are, what you value, and the changes that you can make. So first, turn down the volume. This is a really powerful one. Sometimes when we're dealing with a diminisher, sometimes this is not an option. Right? We're going to have varying degrees by which you know we have to think about how we have responded something based on what's going on with the diminisher. But first. Just refrain from responding to everything. You know, sometimes when we start to get into that death spiral, what ends up happening is we're working for a, a diminisher who we can start to feel is, is constraining us, right, or they're triggering us in some way. And then it starts to make us want to respond more, to exert more, right, to do more, to push back more. So if we can just also step back and refrain from that reacting to everything, it can help us kind of turn that volume down. It can reduce the intrusions, and it really can help you focus on your capabilities, what you're doing, and help you start to step back and get a broader perspective. And really, we talk a lot about the importance of network, right? We talk about the importance of mentors, being a mentor, having a personal board of directors. Turn up the volume on supportive leaders and colleagues. Find those around you that you can help use to feed more of your energy. More of your inputs are coming from that positive support that's going to help you navigate these situations and continue to be successful for yourself and your team versus letting that that diminisher have all the volume, all the mindset, all the capacity. Number two, strengthen other connections. Very natural segue to what I just talked about. Really look at expanding and building and investing in your circle of influence, right? Make time to work with others to really understand and contribute in more fulfilling ways. And this can be really important if you find yourself working for a diminisher and you're working in a culture with maybe multiple diminishers around you, right? Maybe they're, you know, peer groups or different teams you're dealing with and you can find that the culture is really challenging. Well, you can't probably change your job tomorrow, You know, we'll talk a little bit about that, but you know, what can you do in the meantime? And really I think strengthening connections around you and really feeding into other forums and other environments and other folks who can help you counterbalance and start to create a pathway for change for yourself is really, really important. Number three, retreat and regroup. So again, a little bit related to the turn down the volume. Sometimes when you are at an impasse, it's really important that you step back for a moment regroup reset understand what's going on how you're feeling but also equally understand your aspirations what is it that you really think and what is it that you really want to do what is really important to you talk about values and really understanding when you're facing demands you know often even just asking for the moment to to think for a moment to come through up with your ideas and to come back with a plan this is really important when you're dealing with a diminisher as well and it goes back to the very top of this Stepping back and requiring moments to not react with the emotional brain, but get back into the rational brain. So when you're dealing with something or you're dealing with a situation and maybe you find yourself being triggered, maybe you, self, you find yourself reacting with that emotional state, sometimes asking for a moment to think about and come back with a response allows both sides to step back and cool down. And allows you to come back with a response, right? Allows you to come back with a, you know, a, an approach with that diminisher that can help you feel more successful about it and not maybe feel so reactionary. Four, send the right signals. Provide updates and progress. You know, this is something that I think is a really, really important tactic. I have, I have in the past worked for micromanagers and sometimes the best thing that's worked for me is very much this one. Sometimes when I'm able to really seek clarity on what the expectations are for deliverables and I over communicate, it's a way that allows that diminisher to feel more confidence and it diffuses a lot of their energy. on Again, that, that cycle that we talked about, the death spiral, right? Of pushing and controlling and leaning in more, it diffuses some of that energy. And it really helps that, you know, focus in on on what's important to the diminisher and demonstrates alignment. And it starts to, again, diffuse, uh, getting into a place of of trying to push back and change and instead trying to find the way to move with the energy. I I work for a leader that will often use this term executive Aikido, and it's about, you know, figuring out how do you shift and, and use energy in a different way. So when someone's coming at you in a specific way, how do you understand how to use that energy and direct it in a way that's beneficial for both of you? Five, assert your capability. So even related to the item that it just hit with four on send the right signals, you know, when you start to deliver and continue to show that you have a capability, that's going to continue to build that trust and confidence. So responding and, you know, with interference and ensuring that you can do the work, that you can help, you know, them reach their goal, that's going to build that confidence. And again, it's how you're showing up and delivering in a way that that is to your level and the best of what you do. Again, that multiplier, right, how you show up is also then demonstrating to that that diminisher and hopefully helping moving to a place of trust if that's still an option. Six. ask for performance intel. This is another really, I think it's going to be a challenging one, but an important one. You know, the more that we, again, get to the point of asking those questions, asking questions from a place of, of understanding, of curiosity, the more that we can understand where the energy is coming from. What are we trying to solve? You know, this can equally be challenging because if you work for a diminisher who doesn't really want to explain themselves, this could be hard, right? But The more that we can start to try to understand. Where it's come, where where the priorities are coming from, where the pressures coming from, where the directions coming from, that can help us more and in- more intentionally help deliver on why is this important and know what to deliver, and I think this is also really important. There's a part a, a, a part here about performance, um, and we talked a lot. We talked a lot in this group about one-on-ones and the structure of one-on-ones, and making sure that we're asking for feedback and trying to have you know focus conversations and ask the right questions to get meaningful feedback from, you know, even a diminishing leader when you're talking about annual reviews or one-on-ones. So that's another, you know, really important area, both in having those conversations and then documenting for yourself how you're progressing and and how you're contributing for for those conversations to make them more meaningful. And then last in this one is shop for a new boss. So sometimes it's going to be a situation where you have to ask yourself, is this something that you can solve? Is this something that is, is worthwhile? Is this the right place for you? Or are you being forced into a small box where you're not able to grow? And this is sometimes a very real reality. And again, a big part of our discussions here of that understanding where you're showing up and where, you're, where you have the opportunity to grow. And so sometimes you have to understand that this will be a part you know, of, of your evolution and you probably will change leaders many times. And the more that we could be intentional about when and how and why, you know, the better off we'll be. But make sure you don't swap one for, bad leader for another. Ask good questions of new leaders and watch for evidence of multiplier leadership versus diminishing leadership. Ask them, how do they talk to their team? How much ownership do they give their team? Do they mention the strength of their team when you talk to them? How do they make decisions? And ask if they can, and ask if you maybe can sit in with a team meeting or you can participate in a conference or you can better understand how the team works. And this is really important. We talked a lot before about interviewing, learning the right interview questions to better understand that leadership's um, capabilities, their style, how they work, the culture of the team is really important because whenever you are interviewing for a job, it is a two-way street. They might be interviewing you, but it's also equally that you are interviewing them to understand if it is a fit and if it's going to help you be successful and grow and better understand, again, these triggers. So rather than continue into the second strategy which will be multiplying up. I want to pause. I gave you a lot of information there. I want to make sure there's room to, you know, add anything I may have, you know, missed, things that maybe stood out to you or maybe do you have a strategy that you have used when you have dealt with a diminishing leader?
0: Uh, while everyone's sort of processing uh, their thoughts here, I just wanted to mention that one thing that you're all doing today which is really really important as part of the strategies we've talked about is investing in yourself because sometimes when you're in the situation where you're trying to deal with diminisher maybe you're applying some of these strategies you know you're raising your awareness and whatnot you know part of it you're actually you could be out there network working with people you're networking today you know by being here but you know really just um creating as much of, of an opportunity uh, to promote your growth, the joy in your life, in, in, to inspire yourself can be really, really beneficial to keep you in that right mindset as well. And so I, I just wanted to point that out that, you know, we're all investing today in ourselves and in each other. But there's so many ways you can do that. There's other clubhouses. There are uh, there's podcasts. There's there's YouTube videos that you can watch. There's lots and lots of books on tape and uh, or on audio or books that you can read. And and those types of things when you're in a in a downward spiral and you're trying to break the, the cycle and maybe it's it's be, it's challenging that this can be very, very powerful, a powerful way to keep yourself in the right in, in the right mindset in 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 a place where you don't find yourself tapping into that uh, emotional brain or that irrational brain. And I, I really, again, like I said, it's really, really valuable to everybody in the room to hear people share. I'd really like to hear from some of the leaders in the room today about uh, what resonated in this part of the conversation.
4: Uh, uh, Kelly, I just wanted to add that, uh, to your point of everything you said. One of the things that I learned working with this person uh, four years ago was the importance of having a sponsors and mentors. I mean, uh, up to that point in my life, I have never looked at the importance of doing that. And then, as you mentioned before, one of the things that we can do is look for a new a new director in that case. And I realized that I didn't have anyone else to go to other than share to be able to help me accomplish that. So, so I have to say that thanks to that person, I was able to realize the importance of mentors and sponsors to the point that that's when I started getting involved <clears throat> with a lot of the uh, uh, extracurricular activities in the company. So, so uh, that, that's some learning that, that I got out of that person. Uh, and the other thing I was going to mention, you say chop for your boss. But I think the biggest problem in a company, in a large company, is that many times reorganizations will pull you into a director that, or into, into an executive that you didn't know anything about. So, so when those shuffles happen, uh, I think that's when luck comes to place where, hey, are you getting a good new executive or it's going to be somebody who is not a gun?
2: Yeah, those are all really, really fantastic points because some, some changes are out of our control, but I, I love what you hit on is the importance of a sponsor because what I also see happen sometimes is in, in, in different cultures, and again, the, I think very much the death spiral example of diminishers training and creating more diminishers is you know, people start to believe this is, what, this is what normal is, this is what acceptable is. Right, And so, even Melissa, and your story that you shared right is 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 kind of standing up and saying, "No, this is not actually acceptable. this is not the way that i I want to work, this is not the way that i I will thrive. this is not what I will accept as a culture. That can be a really challenging thing to navigate, but it can also equally be a challenging thing to start to turn on your self awareness if you haven't gotten there already, and so I think you know even to your point, Melissa, about you know you might might start working for a new leader that you don't know anything about and it's because a reorg happened and you were, you know, moved under that leader. But the more that you can understand, you know, what it is that how you resonate and how you work and understanding these multiplier traits or leadership styles you've talked about, the more that it it can help you better assess, you know, that that leader and how you're going to work with them and, again, understand then how you navigate that leader if they're a multiplier or a diminisher and whether or not then you need to make any changes as a result. So in the last 15 minutes, I'm gonna move us into the last two, and then we'll, we'll save some time for additional discussion, because so again, I think this is really powerful. We probably have all dealt with this in a lot of different ways. But the, the second strategy is multiplying up, and we kind of hit on this a little bit. And so as we think about multiplying up, you know, Alexis hit on this early on. Diminishers often are very much acting from a place of fear, right? They're desperate to feel valued for their intelligence and contribution while multipliers enjoy finding people's genius, right, and engaging it. So diminishers wanna be heard, and this is how they validate themselves quite frequently. So understanding a lot of the motivators might be coming from fear, might be coming from insecurity. So as we think about you know, some of the ways that you can really think about multiplying up in these situations, you know, one, exploit your boss's strengths, right? Understand their knowledge and their skills and, and really see how you might use them in the ways that are most useful. Be curious to understand what is important to them and why. And, you know, share your contributions on areas of focus, right, and I think, you know, that, this is, I, I'm, I've always used in my kind of couple of like shorthand rules that I use when I choose roles or I'm interviewing for roles, I always look at my leader and ask, you know, can I learn from this person? In addition, do I respect this person as an individual? But, you know, understanding what your boss's strengths might be is really important because you might be able to still gather something or learn something from that situation, even if it's not a long term relationship. Give them a user's guide, number two. You know, this is something where as you think about sharing your highest level of contribution and capabilities, you know, this is something that you can also help them understand how to work with you and how then you can also equally work with others. You know, again, I guess that's a multiplier effects. This is also, I think a really lovely example of this idea of a user guide, even for your team, when we start to think about leadership styles and leadership values, how do we articulate with our teams how best we can work together, how they can work with us and understand how we work, our process, our, our attributes, and again, how we can start to create a multiplier cycle, not a death spiral. Three, we talk about this a lot, listen to learn This is about, you know, really sharing ideas with confidence, back them up with data, but listen to learn and understand and reach common purpose. You know, ask for fundamental objectives, seek to understand what we're trying to do and why so that you can really meet the goal and understand what we're striving towards. And again, where the energy is coming from or what seeking is coming from to get to a conclusion that everyone could be happy with Four, admit your mistakes, ownership with accountability, super important, right? Mistakes are going to happen. And recovery is something that is really important. And recovery that's powerful and multiplier is when it comes from a place of conversations and sharing learnings, sharing how you incorporate those learnings into your decisions and practices going forward. And five, and this is very related to what, you know, Melissa was just hitting on, sign up for a stretch. And, you know, this could be something where it's about, you know, taking on an additional stretch assignment with your leader, right? Taking on additional projects that you're interested in, or it can be finding extracurricular areas if you're at a big company. There might be other things that are going on, groups that you contribute to that allow you to show up in different ways and contribute in different ways, which demonstrate your capabilities as a multiplying leader to your own leader that are outside of your day-to-day work potentially. And then as we get into the last couple minutes, I'm going to hit the last one because it's pretty short. Which is the level three strategy is about really now shifting from you know multiplying up as yourself, but now starting to inspire multiplying leadership in others. And this is really two two areas. One, assume positive intent. You know, when you're interacting with others and you're thinking about, you know, your team or trying to influence your leader, you know, explore the good intentions to help inter- interpret actions and behaviors. Really help try to define and move to a place of a shared common goal and purpose and conversations. And I think whenever we can get to a place where we are shifting our you know, brain out of the emotional reaction into the more rational seeking a place of understanding, and if we assume positive intent first, we have a much better chance of reaching common understanding than if we go at it from a place of judgment, criticism, rejection, or fear. And two, celebrate progress. Even in the smallest acts of good leadership, recognize it. Recognize your diminishing traits and convert these into multiplying moments. And like a, like a multiplier in a diminished environment, Give yourself permission to be a better boss, and the org will notice. And we talk about this in the past. Sometimes what you can do most is influence and work with the people around you and raise them. You know, Have multipliers grown and developed on your own team and become a team that others look to and value and recognize. And that's the sphere of influence you might have immediately, even as you're navigating some of the challenges as a leader working for a diminishing leader. So a lot of really great content here. And again, this is, I think, a really challenging one because I know it, it really asks us to practice a lot of self-awareness in moments that can be incredibly challenging. And some of them may not be something that we can solve directly. They might require job changes. They might require intervention from HR. But if we can also start to come to a place of immediately starting to understand and identify diminishing traits in our leaders and how we can start to navigate them, we might better be able to move again out of a reacting emotional state into a rational state that may better influence not only our direct diminishing leader, but also may better prepare, support, and grow the multipliers on our team. So in the last 10 minutes, I want to pause and open it to the room. I would love to hear your reactions. Are there things, again, that maybe as you've thought about this, you know, how you've navigated this, you know, what what you may have dealt with past experiences that you've had, or I would love to even know when you've worked with a diminishing leader in the past, you know, how have you handled that for the team that you work with? How have you handled that yourself as you have navigated it, you know, directly for yourself as an individual, but both as a leader, how did you navigate it?
0: And I'll just expand the, the question as well, is that um, I know that some there are some coaches in this room as well. Um, I'm curious to know also maybe sharing um, maybe some leaders that you've worked with that have been uh, experiencing some of these challenges and how you as a coach have helped that leader navigate uh, this, this really challenging area. I'm curious to hear from the coaches as well.
1: I can speak to that. Um, uh, one that came really clearly to mind, Kelly, when you were just talking as a client that I have who works in schools is a middle and upper school department chair and works for two very diminishing leaders. And exactly what you described about like you dig in your heels more um, is what I was working with this client to kind of undo. And I think the the question that really worked the best or was the most transformative was how it would feel to let go of some of those things that he was digging in on. And the words that came up, if I remember right, were, you know, along the vein of like, relief, (laughs) and peace and things like that. And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, And I also have worked for a number of diminishers and been kind of like that middle management person. And it feels like you're working overtime to build up the people below you um, even more than normal. And I found myself facing a lot of exhaustion in that role. I mean, it's, it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be someone who builds up other people, but to be in the middle is like, it's a, it's not a place I would want to spend too much time in if those diminished leaders of diminishing leaders above me were going to stay. I would, I, and I did decide that that wasn't the place I could occupy helpfully
0: yeah interesting insights, Alexis, and thanks for sharing that and i I think a, a part of what i've I heard is um, a couple things came to mind for me is first of all, I think we always have to look at how do we define ourselves. you know our jobs are not defining us. they are not who we are. Our role is not who we are. Um, so it's important to, to know that number one, and number two is that um, what I heard you talk about was with this other leader you were working. With is you know raising awareness, right? It's all about, again, tuning in, getting out of that emotional brain and getting into the rational brain because oftentimes these people are or you know, or we or them or anybody else who's experiencing this, you know you're you're uh, you're you're reacting, right? you're 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 going into resistance and you are. Uh, or the, the natural response is to push back. The natural response is to shut down. The natural response is to, you know, to disengage. And, and I'm gonna go back to what I've spoken um, to this group about many times before, is this equation of uh, performance equals potential minus interference, and interference is any level of stress. You know, it could be environmental, social, physical, mental, spiritual, and in these situations, it's sense of purpose, sense of contribution. It can be a um, sense of value. It can feel, feel like, you know, sense of engagement or belonging to something or, or feeling appreciated for your contributions. And when those things are in the equation, our potential drops and then therefore we're not really performing at a hundred percent. So when we think about that equation and we think about these situations you know, it, it, it really is not, you know, driving us toward the success that we're really seeking. Uh, I'm going to pause there. I'd love to hear. Remember, we all have just the, the power we have is over ourselves and how we react and how we help others that we come in contact, whether that's our team or peers around us or leaders above us or below us. Um, the power we have is over ourselves. We really can't change anybody else. Other thoughts? Okay, Chuck, I'm going to tap in
3: you. Yeah. Oh, I want to hear what your thoughts well, yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I, I mean, what Alexa said really resonated. I've been in the middle, um, and it is exhausting because one of the things that I would not um, give up was being um, there for my team and, and acting as a multiplier for them. Um, however, I had to suppress all the things that I was dealing with as I was trying to manage up. Um, and that is exhausting, absolutely. Um, I I think, you know, when I was kind of thinking about the, um, you know, the different strategies the level one, two and three strategies, you know, Melissa mentioned something about having a mentor. Um, And I think, you know, you were talking about, Tamara, just, you know, how much we can control ourselves. You know, um, those connections are very powerful that we can build, right? Our network, um, our personal board of directors, um, who do you want to surround yourself with professionally and personally? Um, and seeking out people, you know, like a mentor, for example, or a coach, um, little plug there for us. But you know someone who could, you know you can talk through some of these situations and get a good understanding of you know maybe some things that you aren't seeing. Um, and um, some, yeah, some general feedback on how to how to move forward. Um I think you know also practicing some mindfulness and taking care of yourself personally. Um, can help build some personal resilience kind of going through these situations as well.
0: All fantastic points, yes. And, uh, and you know, I think that, again, it, it, you know, a, a lot of leaders, any good leaders, uh, you know, will have, like you say, a mentor and or a coach. Some, And like I say and or because, you know, again, coaches are very, very helpful. And this is not, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, that we we should seek out, especially when we're really, really struggling, because you really need that additional support and help to navigate through your thoughts and your feelings and, and what your actions and your impact are. Um, so I, I just want to share one other time, uh, one other example with you. I remember there was a time when I was, it was in my entry level leadership. I was uh, going into my first management. Uh, it wasn't really my first, but it was like one of my first. And I had had some really bad experiences prior to that. The old throw you to the wolves thing, like, okay, you're now a, a manager here, go do your job. No, you know, no user guide, and and you step in the minefields and the in the in the political black eyes and bloody noses, as I've said before, and it's it's really challenging to be in that situation, especially as a new leader. And I remember um, I was I was approached by uh, an executive to take on a management role, and I what I did is I took that advice that we talked about in the strategies and upfront before even saying yes to the. Um, promotion was was I let this person know up front like what I needed. Like I'm looking, if, if I were to take this job, I'm looking for you to mentor me. I'm looking for you to help guide me through the waters of leadership so I can be, and the reason why is I wanna be successful. I wanna do a good job. And um, so I was able to tell by ta- having that conversation with that leader that they were invested in me and that they would help me. And in fact, they did. It was probably one of my best experiences as a leader. So I just wanted to kind of share that as another example of, of you know, how these things may come into our lives. Um, okay, we're on about a minute more. Is there any other, like anyone just dying to say something before I close down the clubhouse?
2: I'm going to share just one, one story, that very, very short story, which is you know I'm I also dealing with a situation, and I've dealt with it before, and I think it's realizing that we've talked a lot about your direct leader being a diminisher, but I think it's equally all the things that we've talked about today is, I think applies to when you're dealing with somebody maybe in your network, maybe it's a peer, maybe it's another leader outside of your organization that you're dealing with that may have diminishing effects and i've dealt with someone who i would probably describe as a bully in the way that they show up in situations and they are very triggering to me when they show up in situations because of the ways that that they show up that i i have a hard time with but in that moment it's really important that i'm having to use a lot of the things that we're talking about today here also in how i interact with them and i find that one of the most powerful tactics for me is to number one do the taking a step back not responding, not being, not allowing myself to be triggered and to react and to go to my supportive network and talk through what's going on, have a safe space to vent. And then they help me refocus on what's actually important. How am I actually going to respond and what is actually worth my energy? So again, I think you can use all of the things we've talked about today, both in your direct diminishing leader situation, but also if you find yourself interacting with other diminishers who are having an equally triggering response to you and how you might show up and again, continue to show up as a multiplier in those situations.
0: Yeah, Kelly, that's great. And I, and I think the other thing, I would just add one last, one last comment, which is that when your triggers are so important, Kelly, they're so, so important. I appreciate you using that word. When you feel triggered, it's important to ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? And and why am I and what are my feelings and what are my thoughts and that will tell you a lot when you're there because you may just being triggered be being, being triggered by something internally within yourself you know something that you know, that you are struggling with as well. So that that's just another little tool that you can use as well in this situation. And I love that, Chuck, thank you. That was just like, it just kind of resonated with this whole conversation, your little change there um, in your avatar. Anyway, um, really good discussion. Again, I always really appreciate everyone dialoguing and sharing their experiences and their insights, because that's how we learn and that's how we support each other. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for being here on a Saturday morning. And um, I'm going to close us out with a um, quote from uh, from uh, Obama. <laughs> I couldn't get that out. Sorry about that. Um, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones that we've been waiting for and we are the change that we seek. So on that note, go out and enjoy your weekend. You guys, thank you again for being here. We'll see you next Saturday at 9.30 for, to continue these great discussions. Have a great
2: weekend. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend.